0: Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omnichannel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the hype squad. Now let's get on with the show all right welcome to another edition of art of the kickstart today i am joined by dom and dan these guys are the creators of an amazing game called baby ninjas so dom you are the game developer daniel you are the game designer you guys well dom specifically you enjoy games of all sorts right and love you know friendly games of competition like us all during this pandemic uh, we've definitely uh, you know gone after that, but Dan, you have a variety of background experiences, uh, including practicing dentistry, which is amazing, and owning an escape room and pastoring a small church. Man, you are the uh, Swiss Army 007 guy of everything. But super excited to have you guys both on the show, and super excited that both of you guys have now combined your interests and abilities uh, to put out this game, Baby Ninjas. This campaign is about to launch March seventh, so. Dom, Dan, super excited to have you guys on the show. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Roy, so much. Uh, it's definitely a privilege to be here just to be able to talk to you and, uh, and to share about, uh, our, our passion and what we've created. Excellent.
0: So I gotta ask, you know, that was quite the intro. I really have to ask where, where did this guy s- start for the two of you? How did you guys meet and what inspired you to create baby ninjas?
1: Yeah. um, So, you know, it it kind of all started uh, because of COVID and with me owning an escape room during that time of quarantine and during that summer. Honestly, you know, the escape room was struggling. It's an entertainment business and no one was looking to, one, go out and have fun, but uh, especially gather together in groups. So that left me with a lot of time, just like a lot of people at home and uh, with not a lot to do. And so I sat around and had a lot of time to brainstorm, and uh, just wanted to see if I can come up with an idea uh, for a board game or a tabletop game. And uh, as I was brainstorming, it the idea just kind of kind of came, uh, fell upon this idea, this concept, and I thought, wow, this this might have some legs. So we wanted to play test it. We wanted to really see what it would look like is in my head the idea sounded fun and it sounded good. A uh, couple of my inspirations actually was uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I don't know if uh, you've had the chance to play or if any of our, our uh, viewers have had a chance to play, but uh, I like the aspect of of kind of trying to figure out um, who's the werewolf and and who's not. And everyone kind of has this hidden identity. And then the game kind of, as you play it, you kind of unravel and try to figure everything out. So that was uh, one big inspiration for the game, and so um I knew that you know I had this great idea, but uh, I really needed to play test it and really need to help figure out uh to make it a really polished uh concept and so that's when I reached out to Dom, who I've known for a few years, met him through one of my business partners he's his brother and uh, and so that's when we said, hey like this this idea might have some legs, let's throw it out there, um, you know, draw some." We actually bought some blank cards off of eBay and just started scribbling um, on these blank cards to uh, to see if our our game how it played, uh, if it was any fun. So we we did that, and uh, just one step led to another, and then we got the theme, and so yeah, it could just kind of snowballed from there. And then we thought, wow, like people are having a lot of fun, and uh, and this is great. So let's uh, let's roll with it. Let's see what we can do, and. And maybe you know, see if we can get some crowdfunding to see this actually become a real game. Because we'd love to, we'd love to get it in people's hands. Yeah, absolutely. So in in talking about
0: the game, I guess as if I've never heard it before, and obviously nobody's played it yet, what was the process of going through in terms of creating it, and the the inspiration? You know, in terms of the focus on this specific topic.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know, I. I uh, am a gamer myself, not just with board games and card games, but I also enjoy video games even. And uh, one thing that as I've, uh, I've always really enjoyed Nintendo games, like specifically from Nintendo as a company. And I know that one of their philosophies is to start with gameplay. So that's what they want to emphasize is that when you when you play their games... They want to make sure that the game is fun to play first before they worry about, you know, how well it looks, before they worry about the theme of the game, before they worry about story or plot, all of that. They're like gameplay first. And, uh, and so, you know, looking at that, that, we kind of saw that as, hey, that's a, that's a good foundation is, is let's make this gameplay first. And, and so there was this idea of, you know, playing hot potato with, with cards, and that was the, the basic, you know, at its very core, that's the basic element of this game is that you've got this envelope and this token inside this envelope that you're not sure if it's a, a good token or a bad token. In this case, a, a clean baby ninja or a dirty baby ninja with a dirty diaper. And you've got to figure that out. And, and you know, once you figure that out, you've got to make sure that you're holding on to the, the clean baby at the end of the round. And so that's the gist of it. And we wanted to make sure, even before we had the theme, that the game was fun to play. And and so actually, when we play tested, we didn't even uh, mention the theme at all. We didn't tell people, "Hey, this is the theme we're thinking about." We didn't. Um, <laughs> it's funny because when we scribbled on the cards, we wanted to make uh, we wanted to make it look kind of, in a sense, not look nice. Sure. And so the point was there was that so that when people played, they weren't drawn to the aesthetic at all. They weren't, they didn't know what the theme was and could they still have fun playing the game when it's just bare bones? And, uh, and we found that, yeah, they could. And so we thought, okay, well, this is great. This is great to build on.
0: So I've got to ask, are are either of you guys dads? Do you, is this where the, the <laughs> impetus of the, uh, the dirty baby diaper came into play?
1: Yes, absolutely. So that, that would be me. That would be me. I would be. So during quarantine, my wife and I, we had, uh, we had two kids at the time, a boy and a girl. So, and we had a family of four. It felt perfect. Uh, Son was eight, daughter uh, is seven years old. We thought, man, this is good. Like uh, we've been parents for a while, several years now. Um, This is great. And uh, lo and behold, quarantine, you're Locked at home, trapped at home, not much else to do. Well, we had a big oops. And, uh, you know, we (laughs) accidentally got pregnant. And uh, we were, you know, to put it, to be honest, we were not excited about being pregnant again. Totally unplanned, uh, definitely unintended. And we did not want to go through the diaper stage all over again and all of that. We thought we were done and so that actually played into the theme quite a bit because after we, we landed on this concept, this idea, obviously in my mind, I'm thinking, man, baby, baby, baby's coming, baby's coming. And so that was constantly. And somehow, uh, hot potato just kind of translated really well to hot potato. And, uh, and I thought, well, I mean, if there's one thing you're trying to avoid, you're trying to avoid a, a dirty diaper. My wife and I are constantly like, hey, you know, there's a dirty diaper it's your turn. No, it's your, your turn. turn. That's always, that's always the phrase, right? In marriage, that, your turn. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, it's it's a constant. The, the baby's diaper is dirty. I don't want to do it. You go do it. How do we figure out, you know, who gets to land on, you know, who has diaper duty has to go change the diaper. And so, uh, you know, it just that's how the theme kind of landed. And uh, and uh, yeah, and so that's that's uh, that's how that came about nice so in terms of the the creation
0: you mentioned kind of the the ugliness of the cards initially and not kind of preempting the folks that were playing the game early on i think is a great marketing nugget all on its own in terms of hey here's the raw and dirty game item prototype whatever it may be have an experience with it like you like you said dan in terms of the nintendo experience and then just seeing kind of how it plays out and how they react to it What did that process go in terms of, you know, again, just giving it a down and dirty version and then the iterations of change to get it to the final design that it's at today?
2: Yeah. So like Dan said, the first iteration was scribbled down notes on some blank cards. And we really wanted to focus on gameplay, seeing how people enjoy the game like that. But it was definitely tough handing a deck with a bunch of scribbles on it to people and saying hey like let's have fun with this they're kind of like uh what is this how is it how is it going to go but i was you know playing my, i was telling my friends hey we got to sit down you guys got to play this game with me and my family and it was like you know you're you're halfway through the round and you start to see the the smirk on people's face when they realize okay <laughs> i i see what's going on here i see the the deception that that's going on and how you're you're switching switching diaper tokens and trying to deceive your neighbor and pass cards and uh, so, so the gameplay started to go smooth once people kind of got into it. It was definitely a bumpy ride. It took us a long time to get where we are now um, in terms of you know how many, how many cards are going to be in the deck to make things flow, how many players can play. There's a lot of questions that uh, you don't really think about having to answer until you get in there and just start playtesting. And so we would make a bunch of iterations and then go and test again and and try to get feedback from people. And so we were constantly having updated spreadsheets of, all right, how many of this kind of card is there? Okay, does that make it too easy? Does that make it too hard? And so, you know, for for card games specifically, I think playtesting was huge and getting feedback and trying to, you know, feel how the game works. For most of the time, I would uh, maybe not even play I would sit back and just watch and take notes and see how people were asking what kind of questions they were asking, do they understand the directions, things like that. So it took a long time to get where we are now. But, you know, with all those updates, we finally had the, the final card count and all of our, of our specifications. And so we're like, OK, it's time to make a, a nice prototype and incorporate this theme.
0: Nice. So, Dom, in terms of the testing, I love that you obviously did pre-campaign validation with with friends and family. Did you test potentially like heavy game players like Dan or, you know, some of the other folks that are out there in your community that could give you maybe deeper insights in terms of the games and the stickiness factor of them to make them want to continue to play them more often than once?
2: Sure. I mean, it was it's difficult to find, you know, game play experts but it was definitely my goal when I was looking for people to test this out I want to find people that act that's our market that actually enjoys this game because I noticed the results wouldn't be the same for someone who's not as familiar with gameplay and that can skew your results so I would play with a couple of friends who wanted to see it that maybe didn't have a ton of experience with with games you know simple concepts like all right you you play a couple cards and then you have to redraw you know if that's if that's confusing you you know, you maybe <laughs> you might not be our our market. So luckily, I have a bunch of big time game players in my close circle, and and getting in contact with friends. Hey, this person would really find it interesting, and I would make sure to go out on my way and and uh, and play test with them. And Dan as well has a bunch of connections. Uh, like he mentioned, he was a, the owner of an escape room, and and that's right up a lot of people's alley who enjoy escape rooms. They like games, they like competition and challenges. And so, you know, playtesting people in that market as well helped us to get a better sense of of where we were actually at with our market. So,
0: Dan, are we ever going to
1: see a, an escape room for the baby changing room or table? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. So, uh, you go in an escape room, get locked with a dirty diaper, you got to figure out how to get out of there quick. <laughs> The scent gets worse with time, right, you know, (laughs) before the bomb explodes. I can see it now. That's a great concept. I wonder why no escape room has thought of that yet. (laughs) I don't know, man. Here we go. This is it. Live feedback. I love
0: it. Um, Well, listen, I'd love to talk also about some of maybe some of the, the marketing stuff that you guys have done. Maybe there was a marketing mishap. Uh, in terms of your pre-campaign and some of your learnings along the way, so anything to share there?
2: Yeah, so we we had been sort of experimenting or or, or thinking about different ways to to market this. It's obviously tough uh, when you're when you're crowdfunding because people don't actually have the game yet, so we can't really rely so much on gameplay, which I think is our our strong suit. We have to you know focus on this theme and get people excited about you know what the game is about, and so uh we we did a lot of advertisements featuring the cards and the deck to show people that it's a nice clean product and we did some some lifestyle shots of people playing the game having a good time but uh we also tried to throw in some of our artwork because i think that that's you know a strong suit of the game as well and so we were trying to uh you know we got a bunch of different types of baby ninjas they're all different styles and themes with with headbands and masks on and stuff and so we were putting artwork out onto our, our Facebook ads. And uh, it was just, it was kind of an oversight on our, on our part. But there was one advertisement with a picture of uh, Baby Ninja and he's wearing a, a black mask and his headband happens to be green. And, uh, and we didn't think anything of it. And then we started getting all of these negative comments on, on Facebook. Uh, not not very nice because they thought that this baby ninja resembled a a Hamas terrorist because of the color combination of the green and black and I mean it just sh- goes to show you can never you can never prepare too much or or double check your ads like something's gonna slip through the cracks and we just thought we were making fun fun babies you know that are gonna be have poopy diapers and and people take it differently than you intend so. That was definitely a mishap. We had some some mean comments there, but we pushed through. We were trying to highlight the the diversity of our babies and and uh you know have show different colors and stuff and we just happened to have a have a tough combo on that one. But uh we're uh we're gonna change that the color of the bandana and hopefully people will, will calm down a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they yeah. will. So yeah. you've been working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while now in terms of getting this campaign prepped and ready. What were some of those considerations that you guys went through in terms of choosing an agency to partner with on this launch?
2: Well, um, we did a bunch of research on a bunch of different agencies that that do what Inventus does, and uh, we got on the phone with some people and sort of asked what types of things that they would be helping helping us with. Um, for us, we've never done this before, so we wanted a company that would give us, you know, sort of the full package, like help us with everything that we would need. And then maybe not help us in areas that we were comfortable with. And I don't know, we we found that Inventus was, I think, just the most willing to help with our needs in whatever it was. And Allowing us to work with other companies if we wanted to, if we wanted to, to outsource something or or do something ourselves. There was no problems there. And, and a lot of other agencies didn't necessarily give us that freedom. So uh we wanted the the freedom and the the support and assistance at the same time, which is, you know, like that's that's the entrepreneur's dream, right? Let me do what I want, but help me when I need it. And and uh so I think uh we landed on on an Inventus for, for that combination. I don't know if you have anything else to add on that, Dan.
1: Well, I would just say that it's been a super positive experience. I mean, um, just seeing the strength of the team as a whole, because we really feel like, you know, marketing is not our strong suit. And uh, we have like so many bases covered by the team at Inventus. And so it, it's been incredibly helpful for us. And, and we don't like looking back, we're like, I, we don't know how like, not working with Adventist would have worked out for us. It would have been terrible. So, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So it's been great.
1: Well, oh, that's great to
0: hear, guys. Well, gentlemen, this is going to get us into our launch round. Dom, you drew the dirty diaper, so you're going to get all the questions. Yeah. You good to go? All right, bring it on. Let's go. Let's do this. So, what inspired <laughs> you to be an entrepreneur?
2: Well, so I come from a very competitive family. I have two brothers and a sister and we all p- play sports and uh, we all want to do our thing and, and be the best. And uh, my oldest brother was actually uh, an entrepreneur first in high school. He started his own basketball camp um, and made some money over summers with his friends. Um, and then continued along that path and and met up with with Dan and, and started this escape room with him as well. So I sort of got to see that whole process play out and I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, my my older brother set his mind to something and he was able to go and and make it a reality. And you hear about other people doing that, but when it's your family member, it it hits close to home and it's it's inspiring. It's like, hey, I can I can do this too. And so I I went to to college at TCU. And they're one of the few schools in the country that has a really good um, entrepreneurship program. So I I majored in entrepreneurship and and minored in finance. And so it was sort of always my goal to do something like that. I ran a volleyball camp myself um, in high school and, and was able to do that over summers. So yeah, I would say that was my inspiration.
0: Nice. So if you could meet up with any entrepreneur throughout history and potentially play baby ninjas with them, who would it be?
2: When you, when you open the door to history, there's so many options. It's, uh, it's hard to pick one. I, the first one that comes to my mind is is a little bit more recent. He's a guy named Jocko Willink, and he's actually he's an ex-Navy SEAL, and he has started a bunch of different companies. He's got energy drink companies. He makes American-made boots and jeans. And the guy is just ruthless. He puts his mind to something and he makes it happen. He's like, hey, people, you know, there's a, a gap in this part of the market. I'm gonna go fill it. Like, hey, everyone's wearing jeans in the airport. And he calls his his business partner up. He goes, Hey, why aren't why aren't we making jeans? And it's like, boom, now they're making jeans. And I, I just really it's really inspiring to see someone that can just go out and believe in himself and and get after it. And uh, he's also an ex Navy SEAL, so in terms of that win-win mindset, playing baby ninjas with him <laughs> would be pretty intense. But uh, I think it would be it would be a good time. So that would be my. I can choice. only
0: imagine with the extreme ownership side of uh, Jocko out there. Great yeah. read, obviously a great book, and he's got many books out there. So if you had the chance with Jocko, you're sitting down at gameplay. What would be your first question for him?
2: Uh my first question for Jocko. Well, I would say um, I would probably ask, what uh, you know, when when does he know that he's got an idea that's worth pursuing? You know, that that oftentimes is a, the biggest struggle for me because I'm constantly thinking of of business ideas. As as an entrepreneur major, I'm like, if I see something I think could be better, I'm writing it down. You know, and there's all sorts of different pathways to go, and so someone like him, who's done, had experience in a lot of different industries, I'd be like, Hey, you know, h- how do you know when something is really worth, worth pursuing and turning into something bigger? So it'd be interesting to hear what he had to say that.
0: Nice. So sticking on the Jocko theme then, uh, sure. what do you think of the top three skills that every entrepreneur needs to be successful?
2: <sighs> well, number one, like you mentioned, I would say extreme ownership. You can't be be blaming things on on other people. You know, it might maybe feel good, make you feel better to do that, but you're not going to actually advance or make yourself better or make your business better. So I'd say that's important. Taking accountability. I would say vision. Right. You got to have some sort of goal that you're working towards. If you sort of live live day to day. Um, Or don't really know what the end goal is for your product. It's going to be really hard to navigate all of the challenges, right? How do I make a decision if I don't know uh, where I'm headed in the future? So I'd say vision. And then the last one, uh, sort of a combination, I would say thick skin and, and trust in yourself. When you're getting a lot of feedback from people uh, there's going to be good feedback and bad feedback and everyone wants to give you advice and tell you what's wrong. And how do you sift through that? Right? You got to have thick skin to maybe glance off some of the negative things, but use it constructively. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to trust yourself to make decisions. Hey, I think this is the right idea because a lot of the best ideas throughout history were shot down right out the gate. And so you got to have water off the duck and, and keep moving.
0: Absolutely. So what's one invention that's made your life easier during this pandemic?
2: Uh, One invention that's made my life easier? Um, Well, I would say... uh, Microsoft Teams. <laughs> there you go. I, uh, technology. <laughs> yeah, technology. Seriously, I uh, I've got a, another job. I work in finance, and uh, so I've been working remote for the last year and a half. And uh, I don't know what my job would be like if I wasn't able to, you know, get on a phone, a video chat, share my screen. I mean, geez, whoever invented the sh- the screen sharing aspect is a genius. It it really has allowed work to uh, be more efficient and effective remote. And so that's, uh, that's made my life a lot easier.
0: Nice. Well, Dom, this is the last question. And I know the campaign hasn't launched yet as we record this, but I'm interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like?
2: What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Um, well, I think it's getting, I think it's getting more and more popular and with the rise of technology and communication it's so much easier to communicate with people and share ideas and and get businesses off the ground and i think a big part of you know why everyone is not doing this is just sort of uh, uh, awareness it's like hey you know a lot of people don't know i have to explain to them what we're doing and how we're launching i'm like hey we're doing we're we're crowdfunding for this and they're like wow that's that's really interesting. It makes things a lot easier. And so um, I think the future is very bright. I think it's going to continue to get a lot of traction. And I think it's going to help a lot more businesses prop up, which will make people's lives easier and more entertaining in our case. So I think it's looking good. Awesome. Well, dom I mean,
0: Dom, thank you for the launch round, Dan, you've sure been quiet, so this is your opportunity to uh, give our
1: audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check out Baby ninjas. Yeah, absolutely, thank you. um, you know we're we're just excited that uh, we had landed on an idea, and uh, we haven't been able to develop it, and it's been a fun journey, a great process, and we've seen uh, people have a lot of fun along the way. Uh, we ourselves have had have, have have had fun. And, uh, and we want to share that. We want to share that with uh, – we know that there's a lot of people out there who would enjoy this game, uh, whether they are hardcore board game enthusiasts or um, even, you know, kids at home with their family because my even my own kids love, love playing this game. Uh, they want to play it more than I do. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, um, you know, we're launching – our Kickstarter is launching on March 7th. Uh, you can find out more information by going to babyninjas.com or uh, simply go to Kickstarter and look up Baby Ninjas. Awesome. Well, Dan and Dominic, thank you so much for joining me today. Audience,
0: thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And, of course, got to give a shout-out to our crowdfunding podcast sponsor, Product Type. And if you liked this episode as much as I did, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Dan, Dom, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Thanks for having us, Roy. Thank you, Roy. It's been an incredible pleasure. Thank you so much. Of course.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love You know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.